0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 119, recorded live on Thursday, September 17th, 2009. And here are your hosts. The man who always listens to Dave Pellet. Dave Pellet. Hey! The man who never listens to Dave Pellet. Andy Lowe. Hi. And the man who listened to Dave Pellet almost a (laughs) hundred episodes ago, Zach Weigel.
1: Hello. And almost ruined his life because of it. So how's that uh, that, that little easy to do nonprofit going there, Zach?
2: Oh, it's going going real well. It was you know <laughs> no sweat at all to to get it establish or, you know, go through paperwork or or thousands of dollars of legal fees or anything. No, it was it was no problem. That was that was I mean, I'm actually, you know, tongue in cheek being spiteful, but actually it's probably one of the best things that I've done. So I'm I'm really happy about it. It's going really well.
1: No problem. For our listeners who either don't remember or who weren't here 100 episodes ago, Zach Weigel is the head of the nonprofit organization Gamers Outreach Foundation, which started about two and a half years ago.
0: Um if you um, really want to get the history of that go listen to episode 24.
1: Yeah, going over the history would take the better part of the hour.
0: But so, Zach, what what have you been up to since two and a half years ago? God, I, I honestly, like, remember sitting in Dave's apartment chatting with you over Skype with, I think you were our, like, first interview.
2: Yeah, it's possible. It was a long time ago, yeah. And that was, um, I mean, that was one of my first podcasts that, that I'd ever done. So you guys had one of the first interviews. But, yeah, man, if, I, can, I can still remember it. Like, it was just so long ago, and I was young, and I would rant a lot. And yeah, it's Listen funny to you it. mentioned that the history would take about, and I'm doing it now, but the history would you know? Would take about an hour. It used to take me an hour. I've got it down to like two to three minutes now, though. <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, Dave, can we try them? Can we try them? Time it. Go. All right. All
2: right. So basically, for those who don't know, Gamers Outreach Foundation is this nonprofit organization that uses video games for different community projects, and our efforts are sort of focused around three different initiatives right now, which I'll get into later. But we were founded about, I guess, two years ago now, um, when some friends and I in Saline, Michigan, tried to host a Halo Two tournament in our local high school. And long story short, we spent like three months planning this Halo tournament. We had like three hundred kids in our school sign up for the event, but there was this police officer in our area who belonged to like a media censorship organization that found out about our tournament. He didn't like Halo. I'm assuming he still probably doesn't like Halo, but he called up our superintendent and told her that Halo and, and video games were sort of corrupting the minds of America's youth. And that my friends and I were degrading the high school facility by having this Halo tournament and basically convinced her that Halo and our tournament was a hazard to public safety. So she ended up shutting down our tournament like three days before it was supposed to happen. It made A bunch of people really upset. And some local newspapers and radio shows uh, started calling us. And, you know, we're really interested in this kind of, you know, controversy. And basically uh, people were like, oh, well, what are you going to do now? Are you still going to do a Halo tournament? So we ended up putting together a new tournament for charity. And we uh, started playing this event called Gamers For Giving, which uh, at the time was like a fundraiser for autism research. And there's somewhere along the line, yours truly Dave Paley uh, <laughs> suggested um, that we should form a nonprofit organization to help sort of encourage donations for this event we were trying to host. And at the time, being young and ambitious, we really didn't know you know all the work that it would take to sort of create a nonprofit. But we just drove right into it, and we ended up you know basically becoming full fledged five hundred one c three charity. So we're legally no different than like United Way or or you know the Red Cross or any of those guys. And we went on to do Gamers for Giving. It was a lot of fun. We raised like four thousand dollars for autism research and total event revenue it was. Like thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars, so it was a really great event. everyone had a good time, and after the event, we decided to continue on. And that's how gamers already started.
0: Wow, under three minutes, two minutes
1: and twenty six seconds Wow, impressive
2: It's funny to think that last time we had that conversation, it took like forty five <laughs> minutes, yeah, really
1: yeah uh the suggestion for the nonprofit was immediately after we recorded i do remember that
2: who knows what suggestion dave will come up with today god don't 100 episodes later <laughs> you you don't want to know zach oh boy
0: <laughs> wasn't there an idea for a mutual fund at some point
1: yeah zach's got enough on his mind mutual fund a mutual yes we'll talk later zach
2: okay oh boy <laughs> i don't i don't know if i want to talk i'm just kidding i mean I'm, I'm i'm just you know being i'm being very joking with uh with dave but actually creative gamers outreach has definitely been really cool i remember I'm really glad I did it, and it's definitely been very exciting. And uh, hopefully, it'll be more exciting as we continue on here. Things are going pretty swimmingly. Oh, I'm
1: glad to hear it. So, go before we before we uh, dive into the the topics that we've listed. What is Gamers Outreach doing now?
2: Um, right now, we're going through a bit of a uh, sort of a restructuring phase. Um, we are – currently we've got um, three initiatives. Uh, two of them are, are new, and they're going to be announced uh, relatively soon because we're constructing a new website, which I'm very happy about. Uh, that's The website in itself is a whole nother topic. It's sort of been our, our bane since we existed. Um, yeah, but, it's funny uh, to
1: think about that.
2: that <laughs> are, you guys, are you guys going through website problems too? Or
1: No, you kidding? I wrote our website. I like our oh, website.
2: All right, never mind then. Anyway. So uh, we've got uh, three programs we're going to be working on. Um, the first is uh, a program we've been store working on for the past few months. Uh, we, we're, we're starting to build these portable um, gaming carts for children's hospitals. Actually, they're going to be used for, for any hospitals uh, we've been approached by, like, some VA hospitals out there that that uh, have you know interest in using them, but um, basically they're sort of like these portable gaming carts that nurses can wheel like room to room to bring video games to a lot of kids that are like stuck in bed for long periods of time. So the cart itself sort of has like this TV and uh, you know it has like this box on it. You have to really see a picture of it, but. As this box where you could put in like a, a DVD player or an Xbox or PS3 or whatever, and then a nurse can wheel this thing room to room. And kids that are like bedridden, if you know, if, if you've had a kid who like has an that organ transplant and he has to be in isolation for a couple weeks, um, you know, this card is something where basically the nurse can bring video games to him and he's not so uh, so lonely or yeah. you know, not so bored. Um, so it's a really cool, really cool thing. Um, so we're working on that. Um, so basically, we're working on two other projects besides the hospital kiosk. Uh, we've got a program where we're going to be sending video games to soldiers overseas, and we're going to be starting up another. Edition where we're going to be hosting like online game nights and online tournaments where people will pay money to play together and then the proceeds from those tournaments will be donated to different pre-designated charities so it'll be sort of like our way of, of uh, kind of going back to our roots in the sense of getting involved with charities and causes that aren't necessarily like directly related to gaming or, or what we're doing on our own so that's what we're sort of developing right now and that's, that's what we're, what we're
1: cool. on. Have you uh, talked to Child's Play at all about these gaming kiosks for hospitals? Not yet um, Are I there think, plans to talk to Child's Play about this? Yeah, when
2: when we have our website together, um, actually one of the things we're also doing is I'm going back to the beginning and like creating a business plan for Gamers Outreach, um, okay. which was something that was sort of you know we just sort of dived right in when we created GOF, but now we're sort of getting to the point where it's like okay, you know if uh, if someone we have because we have the specific focus like we do now, you know when someone comes along we really want to have a, a solid plan in place both for ourselves and then also for you know large donors. So once those plans are in place and we really are like you know that official sort of legitimate, um, I think that's when those conversations with Child's Play will start happening. Um, you know, especially because we've got this new website and it'll really present well. Um, it'll present what we're doing in you know in a much better way. Like right now, people have a hard time figuring out what it is exactly we do on our website because content isn't really displayed in the best way possible. But yeah, once all these things are organized, you know we're going to be going to Child's Play and, and uh, you know there's definitely room to work together. I mean they basically provide the games. Or our kiosk. It's right. not like we're really stepping on each other's toes in any way. At least, in my opinion, I don't think we are. Um, so yeah, it's really. I think it'll really. The, the ball will sort of be in, in their court, so to speak. If you know, if, if we go to them and if they're interested in, in working with us, um, that'll be really cool. So we'll see what happens.
0: Nice. Now I was okay. I've been going over the website, which is a whole lot better than what it was.
2: Oh well, for sure. Yeah, I think last time we talked, it was oh man, it was it was awful. Yeah. So I think it, it was it a MySpace
0: pro- page. It was, if I remember correctly.
2: It was. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Oh man, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Our first website was a MySpace page. We just used MySpace. So yeah, it's um, we we got a new site and it definitely served its purpose. It's just um, I'll let you continue. I guess I'm sort of jumping the gun a little bit, but. One of the things we have felt like um, in the past few months is that, you know, a lot of people come to our events. You know, we just did a Summerland event, and we've had people that come to our events, and, and they don't realize that, that we're necessarily a charity organization. Um, you know, some people come, and, and they're like, oh, I, I didn't know you guys. You guys are a charity? What? Oh, I thought you just did table tournaments. Uh, I guess the same thing could be said for, like, PAX. You know, I'm sure people go to PAX, and they're not familiar with, like, Penny Arcade or the Comics or anything like that. Um, but for us, we're still small, so there's there's not really a good excuse um, so, but I think one of the things we sort of realized, you know, taking a step back was like, oh, you know what, you know, we're we're really not uh, presenting content enough on our website. Well, first of all, we're we're not updating our website enough, um, and then second of all, you know, the content that we have on our site isn't really displayed in such a way that people have an easy time identifying what it is exactly that we do. Um, because sometimes it's like, okay, we'll be doing an event or so promoting the event, and then other times it's like, oh, we're going to be doing the hospital kiosk, so we'll have like pictures of the kiosk up there. We we'll sort of switches back and forth. Um, so like right now, if you go to the site, it's kind of like you have to do a little digging to like. Like get to the kiosk actually, um, but yeah, we're we're gonna be changing all that, especially with the the new projects we've got right now. I mean, when you see the changes we're making, it'll all make sense, and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is hundred times better. And like right now, I even I even like hesitate sending people to our website because I'm like, oh, we've got something better on the way. Don't go to it yet. Just just go. <laughs> wait, wait a few weeks until the new site is up, and, and then. You
1: know. All right, podcast on that. There's nothing there yet, but there will be soon. Oh, very first episode.
2: Oh. Wow. That, did I say that in the first episode? No, no. We no. Sh-
1: oh. When we first started promoting RA Podcast, it was before we actually had made our first episode. Oh, okay. So we gave out these, these little slips of paper that said rapodcast.net, and there was nothing there. Nice. So
2: Oops. you're basically promoting a, a non existent podcast at the
1: time. Right. So, mm-hmm. Well, because started- we had plans to record the first episode that night.
2: Okay, well, that's fair. You could have done it, like a live show, maybe, like to to kick it off.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, it, the show's always live.
2: That's true. It's just yeah, yeah.
0: it's it's kind of time shifted. Look at it. Three, three days, five days, two days, Not one day, a couple of hours
2: and how long it takes.
0: All right, so Zach, what, whose idea was originally these
2: kiosks? <coughs> the You know what's funny is um, at first, when the, when I first had the idea, I think, you know, we were kind of going through this conceptual phase of, okay, what is Gamers Outreach becoming? You know, what um, what do we do exactly? We were going through this phase where basically, you know, we were doing Gamers for Giving. Or we had done Gamers for Giving. And after the event, we were sort of sitting there asking ourselves, like, okay, we obviously want to continue on with this. Are we an organization that's putting on gaming events and then donating the money to, to charities? Um, but there's a lot of overhead. Costs associated with events. So why aren't people just donating to the charities? Are we just a middleman in all this? What exactly are we doing? Are people donating to us for our own projects? So we went through these phases, and I think you know the idea of you know putting these gaming carts in hospitals sort of spawned from. Obviously, I would definitely say um, we were influenced by Child's Play. I mean, you know, one of the first things that came to my mind was like, okay, well, you know, um, actually, you know, it's, it's hard to even remember how I first started thinking about it. But you know, one of the things was like, okay, what if we did something where like maybe we we sort of took it a little bit of a step forward further. Like maybe if we you know went about and actually like built. Like gaming rooms in children's hospitals, you know, maybe like we could sort of go into different hospitals and sort of like upgrade their entire playrooms and work with hospitals individually. Um, and then the idea sort of hit me. I, I used to have like this old sort of, uh, it was sort of like this this um, shelf on wheels in my basement that that I actually like used to play video games on. And you know, I was kind of thinking to myself like, okay, well, maybe you know, what what could we do to you know make these games secure. I just started brainstorming ideas at the time. I was thinking like okay, well maybe we could build like these like gaming cabinets and we could put them in playrooms. Um, and then I was just like, well what if we put like wheels on the cabinet so that, you know, nurses could wheel it room to room. And that's how the idea first started actually. Is we were thinking like a cabinet sort of thing. And you can actually go back to some of our original drawings. It literally basically looks like a cabinet uh just on wheels uh, that nurses could wheel room to room. And that was like the the big idea for me was that, you know, like, okay, well, this is like something portable where basically, you know, the games can be taken to kids that are, you know, can't, can't get to the playroom. Um, and what's funny is we, you know, we went through this whole process of developing this concept uh, without really talking to a hospital. And I can remember like, this is just maybe a few months ago when I went to Mod Children's Hospital for the first time in Ann Arbor, which is the uh, first hospital we're working with. And I remember walking into the hospital thinking to myself, like, man, I really hope they like this idea because, you know, it sort of hit me like, we haven't really talked to a hospital about this yet, so so hopefully it'll go over well. Uh, but I was walking in there, so sort of thinking you know I'd have to do a little bit of like convincing, you know, or you try to have to sell this idea. But really, the hospital actually I was very surprised. Uh, they were very receptive. I mean, as soon as we walked in, they were just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, we've been you know a lot hospital the hospital itself they've already been like sort of you know uh, installing games in their hospital, and some of the nurses have actually been taking their own paychecks and they've been going out and sort of creating their own makeshift gaming carts. Uh, you know, one of the nurses has actually been like finding these old PCR carts uh, that you might see in high schools and he's been basically like finding any type of gaming system he can find, and he's been putting them on these carts. Uh, so he's been sort of making his own like makeshift, makeshift carts for the kids with his own paychecks, which is a really cool story. Uh, we're gonna be interviewing him when we when we make the official donation. But yeah, we're working with them, um, and it, it turns out that actually, like you know, as we develop this and as we create our own kiosk later down the road, we found um, found out that I guess there's another organization called the Starlight Foundation that does something sort of similar to what we do, except they have like a they have like a cart that has like a Wii on it. Um, and I think there's a little bit more money than than ours is, but yeah, it's like. Strictly it's like a deal they have with Nintendo. Um so it's kinda cool. Like, you know, we came up with this idea totally on our own, and then it's mm-hmm. cool to see, I guess, that there that there are definitely other people that, you know, have sort of legitimized the idea. So uh, we're just sort of, you know, going another step further, putting our own design into it. Um, you know, we're trying to make it as low cost as possible and we'll be improving the design constantly, you know, as we as we go along. So yeah, we're just starting out and it's it's very exciting. Sweet, very cool.
0: So Zach, do you <laughs> do you have a life?
2: Um, this is my life. What are you talking about? <laughs> No, I. I, uh, I it funny to say that. Like, I think honestly, um, you know, I and I wouldn't have said this maybe you know a few months ago, but I think at this point, 80 percent of gamers' average problem is probably that um, you know I try to do too much, and um, you know one of the reasons. Um, I, I don't know I you know when we were small it was it was easy you know it's it's hard to you know like a lot of my friends that have been helping out you know they they're in college you know they have, they have regular jobs you know whereas I work sort of part time I go to school part time um, so it's easier for me to devote more time to to gamers outreach but I think you know we're actually bringing on some new staff members that you know we're finally going to be able to delegate a lot of work uh, which I think will definitely lead to more pro- productivity so I do have a life I mean I enjoy working on gamers outreach and I've always wanted to be involved in the gaming industry so I there I at least know. enjoy what I do but um yeah I'm definitely trying to like <laughs> Sort of schedule it more to where you know, I can go back to pursuing uh, regular hobbies and and <laughs>
1: and education maybe
2: yeah exactly I mean education <laughs> I, I I will argue this I will say like okay, if, this is maybe on uh, you know sort of a little bit of a tangent for the listeners because you know they're they're not familiar you know maybe with me as, as much as you guys are but when I was in high school basically. When when it got to that point where the counselor was like, okay, Zach, so you know, where do you want to go to college? What do you want to do? And I really didn't know. And you know, one of the things I said to my counselor was like, okay, you know, I, I know I've always known like I wanted to be involved with the gaming industry. Like I've done, you know, I've been involved with a lot of different things throughout high school, but gaming has sort of always just been like the consistent hobby you know, throughout life. And when the counselor was like, okay, so Zach, what what do you want to do? I was like, you know, you know, Gamers Outreach was just sort of starting up at the time. I'd met Walshie, you know, starting to make a few little connections here and there. And I was very excited about it. I was like, you know, I I really, I really don't know what it is I want to do. I know I want to be involved with with the game industry in some way, probably. um, Or I'd want to start my own business or do something. But, you know, to be honest, it's like if I were to go to college at this point in time, you know, this me a senior in high school. Um, I don't know if it'd necessarily be worthwhile if it'd be something I'd be like really that dedicated towards. Um, but I'd really like to see where this goes and sort of give it a year to because I'd like to go travel. I really hadn't traveled a lot of the time. Um, I had really probably had only been outside of Michigan a, a few times. Uh, so I really wanted to kind of like get out a little bit and, and just go see the world and, and uh, or you know at least the country um, and sort of see where this all has gone. So I think I, I felt like I've, I've I've sort of done that. And because I've worked on Gamers Outreach for the past year and, you know, we've done different things, I've kind of started to find what I enjoy doing as it applies to Gamers Outreach. So I'm going to be going back to school, basically, probably in this winter or the spring um, to start up classes again. I would say, like, my education has been informal. You know, I Mm. feel like I have learned a lot. You
0: created a nonprofit organization.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, sometimes I go, like, I I went to this. um, Sometimes I'll go and sit down in these classes. I've I've picked up books about, you know, like, you know, because you can actually, like, major in, like, nonprofit work and nonprofit administration. What's funny is, like, I'll go through these books and a lot of the stuff, you know, I'll open the book up, but it all really does is just sort of reaffirm what I've already come to find on my own or what I've already believed. Um, So I think, if anything, you know, I I definitely will have. I mean, as opposed to when I was in high school, you know, going back to school now, I'll definitely value it a lot more than I did then. Um, because if anything, it's it's applicable for me now, whereas then right. it, it might not have been. Um, but at the same time, I also definitely feel like I've, I've learned a lot. Um, that, so I'm not trying to say, like, maybe I could, you know, I've, I mean, because I've had a few job offers um, through meeting people through GOF and I, I just haven't taken them. Um, so I think, you know, I definitely could have gone without college, but I, I think I will definitely go to college just to, you know.
0: Good decision. Reaffirmed. Coming from a man who's going to be a teacher, yeah. Okay, well,
2: oh, well, then you have a totally different philosophy, probably on on the school thing. I mean, if you're if you're being a teacher, then that's that's definitely like a, a job people probably want you to have a degree for. <laughs> <laughs> That, that would be good. Yeah, I'm sure your you know, outlook what's,
1: is... What's really funny is uh, to be a teacher at a, a community college, you don't need an education certification. Really? Yeah, you don't need to be certified in anything. You need a master's degree, and that's it. Hmm,
0: never would have known.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Although, I so, guess, like, I actually, I went to a private school, and for, for a good, like, my elementary years. And, I mean, I, I think I remember them, they had a few teachers that weren't necessarily, like right Um, i think they don't need to be certified right it sort of makes sense i mean i don't know i guess you'd obviously want to have a teacher that's certified for what they're teaching but i think ideally but i think some of the best ones aren't
1: so we should probably uh move on to the topics i know zach and i know that we could talk about gamers outreach for the rest of the episode but we we do want to get to topics at some point (sighs) if that's okay with you guys i mean we i'm I'm cool listening to zach for more (laughs) Well, exactly.
2: Oh, you guys get me started. I just start ranting and I, yeah, I, like as long as you, as long as you put out the bait, I'll, I'll take it and I'll just man, keep it's, going. it's the
1: easiest podcast we ever do is whenever you're on. Cause we just say like five words and then you go for 10
0: minutes. Yep. Dave.
2: Is that a bad habit? Like, I guess I don't mean to interrupt Andy. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I was just Andy, trying to point but... out that Dave, um, learned my secret. Yeah. Shh. Andy I'm didn't want to do work them. for
1: this episode. Oh,
2: uh, well, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, You've done a hundred-some podcasts, so you got
1: to take a break now with that. Right, right. It's no, know, nothing a... like a, a
0: break two weeks ago for the PAX flu. Or... No, no, the, the break two weeks ago was because the stuff at <laughs> the expo hall didn't work out. Yeah, break two weeks ago was because of PAX. And yes. then last break week we— Four weeks ago was because you had— A wedding? No, you had no. Um, laser tag. Oh, right. And then the other two breaks because I was on my honeymoon, which no work at all. Yeah. Completely understandable.
1: So Zach, do you do you have the uh, the topics loaded? I or don't know. Do you know. even know where to get the topics from?
2: I don't I don't think anyone uh, sent me any topics.
1: If you go to rapodcast.net okay. and just fire that up in your browser, off on the right side is links for the next episode. And this would be the next episode.
2: Alright, let
1: me uh,
0: let me load this up. Go for it. While he's doing that, do you want me to hit the first topic? Go for it. According to the NPD, we owners only own a Wii. Hmm. We, Wii well, owners who represent 30, 32% of all gamers, for the most part, stick to only the Nintendo Wii. Only 14% own a PS3, and only 26% also own an Xbox 360 along with their Wii.
1: And some small portion of that owns all three.
0: Yes. Huh. Interesting. I, I fall into that 26%. Andy, well, he had his Wii did too. Now, but they, well, they, they basically used Wii owners as the primary console. So 42% of the PS3 owners also had a Wii. So they didn't use, they, they were able to distinguish which used owner you were. Were you a PS3 owner who owned a Wii? Were you a Wii owner that owned a PS3? So I'm thinking um, you would be an Xbox 360 owner no, who also owns Andy, a Wii. Andy, uh, it's not quite how statistics work. That, so that
1: st- 42% of PS3 owners who have a, also have a Wii is the same number as the 14% of Wii owners
2: with a PS3. Oh. It's just
0: there are that many more Wiis. Okay. I don't know statistics, it seems. N- no. <laughs> Zach, what do you own?
2: I own, I actually do not own a Wii, uh, and I do not own a PS3. I have Xbox 360. Um, Well, I I mean, I have a bunch of the older systems. I pretty much have all the older systems. I got PS2, N64, GameCube, Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo.
1: Okay, there you go. Now you're in the older (laughs) systems.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going back a little ways. So I never really, let me think.
1: No, the only older systems I heard in there was Nintendo and Super Nintendo. The other ones do not yet count as older systems.
2: What? Right. They are PS2, so.
1: PS2, it's a last generation system.
2: Well, for you old people out there. Yeah. You can, I don't know, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, I do not have a Wii. I think, you know, the thing is, is like I was a big PlayStation 2 guy back when it was PS2 versus Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and GameCube was in there too. But, but I, you know, I had a PS2 and I had a GameCube. I didn't have an Xbox. And, and basically, um I did not like Xbox at the time. Like, at the time, I was really not a fan of Halo. Um, what? Actually, it, it really, honestly, though, it was just because I had never played it. Ah. And I was just, I was really much more like, all right, I've had my PS2. I played, like, Final Fantasy-type games.
1: You weren't a fan of Halo until after the the gamers outreach thing started.
2: Yeah, and that's what's funny about it is, like, I really, like, you know, I started playing Halo just as we were kind of, like, starting to plan our tournament and that's when I started really getting into it. Now it's like Halo is pretty much... At the moment, it's pretty much the game that dominates most of my my gaming time. If anything, it's probably everything I do on Xbox Live. But yeah, basically, I I haven't really gotten a Wii. I mean, if I had just money to to spend, I guess, I I might, but... Uh, I just really, it hasn't really caught my interest. You know, all the games I, I like to play and want to play are on the Xbox right now, and, and uh, I, I love the way, like, Xbox connects everybody more than I do uh, the PS3 and Wii, so I, I'm, I'm solely, like, an Xbox 360 fanboy for this uh, this generation, I think.
0: Good man. <laughs> well, it's exactly what I did. I had a PS2. I was all about the PS2, and then the 360 came out, and it's like... Live is where it's at. Yeah, this is what Live. I wanted. Live is what
2: you want. The thing, too, is like, I mean, I guess I'm sort of leaving out PC gaming here, but I think the, the thing I really like about the Xbox 360 is, is really live. You know, I really like how everyone is sort of connected on one platform. And right. one of the things I've, I mean, one of the things I've never, I've never really enjoyed about PC gaming is that I don't like all the middle factors that are involved with PC gaming. I mean, some people that's why they play PC games, but like with PC gaming, I've never felt like everyone has been really united. Like you know, you've got Steam out there and, and all that good of stuff, but like there's X-Fire, there's Raptor, there's you know, all these sort of different things that people are using to communicate with each other. Whereas with Xbox, it's like everyone is is there on the same system. And you have well, a few websites out. There.
1: On the one hand, I mean it, it's. The problem is that you have a bunch of different companies doing this. You have Impulse, you have Steam, you have X-Fire. Stardock. I, my, my feeling is that eventually one company who is a neutral third party is going to come through and say, we have the system, it is good, everyone can use it, and hopefully the public opinion will shift to that. And everyone will say, you know what, we're just going to use this. How come Games for Windows isn't that? Because... Microsoft Game Division focuses
0: on the 360, but that all because everybody's on Windows as a gaming platform, right? And I I
1: think that games for Windows could be it, but Microsoft has to really focus on it, and they need to divert some attention away from Live, and they're not doing that.
2: You're right. I don't know if it'd necessarily be like diverting attention away from Live as much as it would be just like putting more attention on, you know, getting Live yeah. onto Windows. Yeah. Are getting like you know getting a new staff that is focused because I, I think I, I agree sort of with Dave where, where Dave's going with this is like you know now I guess I can't really speak from so much experience because most of my gaming lately has been on the Xbox but you know I think that games for Windows just isn't out there enough maybe like I, I mean people obviously know about it but it's just sort of like the the yeah I guess I, I don't know I guess I I agree with what Dave's saying with like I feel like Microsoft if they put more I don't know I don't know if it's marketing or just put more oomph. In the games for Windows, and the fact that live features are available on your PC, uh, that might be sort of a draw. Right, tough to say.
0: Well, it, hopefully, it's because it's it's base, Windows for gaming is the platform, so it it should be the golden egg, but it's not. <laughs> not yet. Which is, no, which it probably isn't going to be.
2: Mm, we'll see. Time will tell. Who knows?
0: Yeah. All right. One last. Bit of statistics from this article. Go for it. Forty-one percent of all gamers say they rely on word of mouth above everything else to get their video game information.
1: I believe that. I believe that too. I mean, it's I, it's still less than half, but it's a pretty significant chunk.
2: You know, honestly, like I'll, I'll give a perfect example. Like I think every a lot of games I I used to. Well, no, I take that back. A lot of the games I, I play now. No, actually, I take back. My take back, I, yes, I would agree with this. Like, basically a lot of the games I played on kids 2 were recommended by friends. Obviously some I found on my own, like I think most people do, but um, I, a perfect example recently would be Pagel. Um, I would never have regularly downloaded Pagel. I didn't even know about it until Walsh, started playing it all the time and he's oh. just like, dude, I'm playing this game Pagel. And I remember I went to his house, basically we're, all right, quick side story. Uh, I was taking <laughs> Walsh out to uh, to Chicago. To get, we were going out for his birthday to see uh, Arch Barker. He's this like, comedian, really great show. Um, and I got to his house like the night before and. He's sitting on Xbox playing Pagel. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, man? So we were up to like 4 in the morning, you know, just sort of like goofing around. He's playing Pagel. I'm like just on the PC doing some stuff. And then I ended up going to bed. I'm like, hey, man, I'll see you in the morning. Well, I wake up around like noon, and he's still on Pagel. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. There's no way Walsh woke up earlier than I did. Like, this is impossible. So I, I like go out, and sure enough, he has like not gone to sleep at all since i like got to his house <laughs> <laughs> he's like still up like i i got to his house around like probably 2 a.m and he it's noon and he's still up and it's an like, addictive Dude. game i know he's. Just, i'm just like are you still awake playing this game he's just like man he's like i love bagel and he's just playing it and i guess he's like ranked like pretty high up there on the leaderboard well, for
1: playing so. for 10 hours i'd expect that <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, I mean it's like, dude, if you put that much time into it, you better. I'd be disappointed if you weren't ranked high. Right. So anyway, yeah, he he's ranked pretty high in this game, and I, I ended up downloading it, and it's okay. I mean, it's a fun social thing, and I could definitely see where if you're playing with buddies, you know, you're it's it's easy to stay up <laughs> uh, pretty late. Um, but yeah, that was definitely an instance where you know. A friend had recommended a game to me that I would not have normally bought. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't really play Peggle. I, I, even now, I, I wouldn't really play Peggle on my own unless I saw some friends online uh, playing it and I wanted to join them.
1: I've, I've played the Warcraft Peggle. It's pretty
0: fun. Can't believe you played a game inside a game. No, no, no. This this
1: was outside of Warcraft.
0: I've heard They released a special Warcraft version of Peggle. Oh, I thought that this was the Peggle that was inside World of Warcraft. No, I I did play that
1: as well, but PopCap also did release a special promotional version of Peggle outside of the game, but it's still World of Warcraft themed.
0: You what's know, a really fun PopCap game? Well, the Bookworm Adventures games, which I wouldn't have thought of to play. God, those are so addictive. <laughs> but also the uh, Plants vs. Zombies. That one I've,
1: I've heard good things about. Yeah. Zach, have you have you gotten a chance to check out Bookworm Adventures?
2: I haven't. No, the game I was uh, reading about was the Scribblenauts.
1: Oh. Scribble Knots is fantastic. I I got to play a little bit of that over at PAX, uh-huh. and I'm it came out like yesterday or today, and I, I'm looking forward to it.
2: Now is it is it actually? Do you literally like write? I'm trying to understand the concept of the game, but it sounds right. like you basically so it's a puzzle game. With a, Okay, It's
1: it's a puzzle game You're a little character Walking around the screen You type into the game Whatever you want to show up on the screen So if there's a ledge And I need to get up there I can type in the word ladder And poof There's a ladder on the screen I put it where I want My guy can interact with it and He can climb to the top Okay I could also type in helicopter And climb into the helicopter And fly it to the top of the ledge Or jetpack Or cherry picker Or teleporter I don't know if teleporter I don't know how that would work well
2: wow. i think the like i was i when I was reading the 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 reviews of this game, i was just i was amazed like how how would you even build a game like that like it just seems like all the work you have to do to, like they not only spent, to, like, get all those words make the game recognize those words, but then also like create the animation yeah
1: something. they spent a lot of time i think they spent i'm trying to remember I think she said it was two months just coming up with a word list, two solid months of development time.
2: Yeah, that even seems though like not enough time almost.
1: But that's, you know, you put in eight hours a day, five days a week, coming up with words.
2: I guess that's true, actually.
1: You're going to get most of uh, them. I I spent a good 40 minutes in the expo hall trying to come up with things to, to beat the program and come up with words that it couldn't recognize. The only stuff we really got was intellectual property. Right. Intellectual property and politically incorrect things were like the only things we couldn't get the game to come up with. Wow. I saw a battle between Cthulhu and Kraken.
2: Yeah, I heard they even put in like mythological characters. Yep. Mythology characters. You can also
1: put in a lot of internet memes like Rickroll, Ceiling Cat, things like that.
2: That's funny. Yeah, I, mean, I got I actually like honestly when I heard about that, I sort of wanted to pick up a DS just to play that game, like just because <laughs> it seemed really, really sort of it, fun.
1: It looked really fun, and actually, it's it's the same people who did Drawn to Life, which was another really fun little
0: game.
2: I haven't heard of it. Was yeah, that the just,
0: was that the one that uh, I was playing for a bit when you were an Meganaut? Yes. Okay, that was fun. My guy didn't have a head.
1: All right, so LucasArts, Andy?
0: Yes, LucasArts wants to go back to the way things were, i.e. Scum? Well, they, they want to go back to putting out all of those really fun, really classic LucasArts games, like Grim okay. Fandango, The Secrets of Monkey Island, D&E and they, <laughs> they, they want to go back to those fun games. As opposed to? Star Wars. I liked some of the Star Wars games. Yeah, but Star Wars is a one-trick pony that I'm even starting to feel like just needs to just—
1: X-Wing was—well, X-Wing and TIE Fighter and X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter were the best flight sim combat of their time. Yes, but Star Wars is how many years old, now? Almost 40. It, it. just Actually, I think it is 40 years old, isn't it?
0: 1977. Shit. All right. So LucasArts
1: is going back to other things. Yes. Like Grim Fandango, Indiana Jones, and Star Wars. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Jedi Knight was a good game. Dark Forces was a fantastic game. Andy but, just won't admit it.
2: You know, personally, I, I guess I got to say, I, I don't really mind uh, whenever, whenever new Star Wars games come out. I, I, I personally still like Star Wars. Um, mm mm-hmm. Star a good Star Wars games come comes comes out yeah I'm in, I'm definitely interested in playing it um you know like I played Star Wars Galaxies actually for oh man a good couple of years and I I loved that game when I first was playing it and then you know some updates happened that I wasn't really big fan of but um you know if one of the things I really liked about Star Wars Galaxies was just the the whole I mean the Star Wars world is just so expansive or it's so big and you're familiar with it through the movies already like even if you're not like into like all the the little you know those all the books out there and all the sort of offshoots that have come out of it. You know the the core movies. You know so many people are just familiar with that it. It's just very easy to create content around those. Uh, you know content that, that people can kind of pick up on very quickly. Um, so I you know honestly like I'm I'm not really necessarily against LucasArts doing more Star Wars games as long as they're you know fun. I mean I think the Knights of the Old Republic uh, MMO or yeah is that Knights yeah Old Republic. The, it's just the, the, the Old Republic. That, yeah Old Republic MMO that's coming out. Um, I think you know personally it's like I look at that as like okay you know Star Wars Galaxy. I think the developers at SOE kind of felt like, okay, a lot of people are wanting to become Jedis in this game. Uh, Star Wars People that have played Star Wars Galaxies know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> um, and so now, you know, they've got the, the Old Republic coming out where it's like, okay, you know, it's based in a time period where being a Jedi makes sense. Uh, but, you know, I still sort of like, I mean, Star Wars Galaxies, you know, if it was still very difficult to become a Jedi, I mean, it'd still be fun, in my opinion. I think there were definitely things that needed to be added to the game to make it better. But, um, you know, everyone has an opinion, well, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess the, I'm not the
1: fact that Knights, uh, not Knights, that the Old Republic isn't going to be SOE, that it's BioWare instead, I think is, is a good decision on Lucas Hart's part.
2: I mean, people give SOE, though, a lot of crap sometimes. Like, I mean, they did make EverQuest, and yeah, I mean, I never played EverQuest, but I Everquest, I, I, I think it still has a pretty large fan base, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's got
0: a bigger fan base than uh, EverQuest 2, actually, if I remember yeah. correctly.
2: Right, but, I mean, but that's,
1: that's part of my point, though. The original has a bigger fan base than the newer version. That means that something went wrong somewhere down the line.
2: You know, honestly, though, I think, I don't know, I I guess I'm just hesitant to, like, really bash on SOE because, I mean, even though, I guess, Star Wars Galaxies, like, sort of went in directions I wasn't really a fan of, I mean, I don't know, I guess, are there, actually, you know what, never mind, I guess I can't, I really, I'm not familiar with very many SOE games to really, like, try to to play devil's advocate here against Dave, but... (laughs) I guess I, yeah, I'm done. I'll end it there. I, I, I personally would not necessarily go as so far to bash them yet, but then again, I haven't really played very many other other games.
1: For for what it's worth, EverQuest, EverQuest 2, Matrix Online, Star Wars Galaxy, Free Realms, Matrix Vanguard, Online is done. Yeah, Matrix Online died. So... They don't have the best record. Okay. Well, I guess then... They do have EverQuest. i those
2: games, and just seeing that, you know, it looks like some of those games have kind of gone down the tubes. Um, yes, I would I'm probably agree that Bioware was a good decision. <laughs> and I, I guess is a good decision was SOE. I mean, I... Yes, I would definitely say Bioware was a good decision. I wouldn't... If I was Lucas Arts, I would definitely, like, not give the Star Wars franchise to SOE after Star Wars Galaxies, um, but I'm not not that saying, like, I'm trying to bash SOE. I mean, I'm just too nice of a guy, but, like, you know, I'm sure SOE will probably make some type of comeback, you know, with some... Game. I mean, there's still potential. I think. I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, <laughs> hurt any feelings.
0: Sorry, right, sure he's trying to cover S O E or cover his own. I'm I'm not sure. Moving on. Activision <laughs> wants Activision to. Games. I'm just trying to.
2: I was going to justify I, my justification for S O E. Hey, for any potential S O E workers out there, employees. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I love. I like Star Wars Galaxies when it was in its prime, and I think you guys can come back. That's all. So. <laughs>
0: Okay.
1: All right. Okay, Activision games. Zach, Zach needs to be careful about what he says. It's understandable. Andy and I should be careful what we say, too. We just don't really care sometimes. Wait, I'm supposed to be careful? Oops. Not. You know, I, I don't think it matters. People are going to be upset at us or not.
0: You can't be upset at me. Nobody's upset at me. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what? I wasn't listening to you, Andy. I'm sorry, what did you say? Um, Activision wants to bypass the consoles. They think there is a future of basically like Guitar Hero games um, that you literally just plug into your TV.
1: Didn't we try this a long time ago? Back with
0: the... Well, okay. The very beginning, the, the video game consoles were literally like you would plug just that into the TV and you would have like the three games. Right. And now um, there's, they have the ones where you plug the Atari into the TV. I mean... They did
1: say when when it was still Harmonix doing Guitar Hero when it was good. See, this is what I'm talking about when we don't really care sometimes. Hey, uh, when when Guitar, Guitar Hero Hero's was good, good. Uh, Harmonix justified the high price point by saying, you're basically buying another console. But I don't think they meant it literally.
0: <laughs> I... There's I, I don't know if I would be able to think of guitar hero or rock band being as good. See, it's
1: I a- see this as a way for Activision to charge not 150 or 200 dollars for all the equipment, but 350 or 400 dollars for all the equipment. Oh. The price this point
0: the price point right now is already too high. Right. But this would justify it and allow them to send it higher. That or they could keep the price the same and make all of the profit. I mean, I'd to- be
1: I'd be willing to to do this if it meant that all the downloadable content and all the songs that they published was free. Yeah, Sounds but they're never gonna online. do that.
0: Right. Most of the money is made off of the downloadable content. I'm aware of that. But then why do
1: they care about whether or not uh, people have it for the 360 or the PS3. Why Why not just let that be? Or the Wii, I suppose.
2: You know, I think, like, let me ask this question. If the game, if Guitar Hero was still the same price, but it was something that you just plugged into your TV, would you still buy it?
0: I don't know. Probably. We,
1: I mean, because- it, if I were to buy it anyways for, for the 360, and you're saying if they didn't offer for the 360, they just had their own standalone thing, then if I was going to buy it anyways for the 360, yeah, I'd probably buy it. But... At the same time, I only have so many ports on my TV, <laughs> and I'd lose the nice functionality of things like live.
2: I think I think the definite downside is, you know, we're used to sort of getting achievements and things on Xbox, and, and you'd be connected on live, so you would sort of miss out on some of those functionalities when you're playing offline. But, I don't know, you know, to be honest, like this is actually really interesting, because it's sort of like a game that is so popular, and I would even say, it's not not so much with, with me, I mean, a lot of gamers that are, you know, console loyal, or really into like being online while they play and all that stuff. I think that definitely, yeah, yeah, it hits it, it hits a point for them, but you know uh, sometimes a soft spot. But you know, for a lot of the people that like Guitario, I mean, I would argue that there's a large large portion of people. That wouldn't necessarily consider themselves like hardcore gamers or maybe even casual gamers that still play Guitar Hero, that to them it probably wouldn't make a difference if it was on the Xbox versus they just plug it into their TV. Um so honestly, I, I don't know. This is this would be really interesting. Now, having said that, if they raise the price, I mean personally, I'm not really a Guitar Hero fan anyway, I don't really play it, but I would definitely not pay like three to four hundred dollars just for one game. Like, absolutely no way. I don't care if I'm holding a plastic guitar in my hand. Like right. I would not pay that much money. Um so if they were to raise the price, that you know, I mean, like I said. I'm not really a Guitar Hero fan anyway, but I would definitely for sure 100% not buy it if it was that high. Um, if it was the same price I just plugged it into my TV, uh, well, you know, I could see where maybe a, a good number of people would still buy it. It's just, I think in active issues, it's just a matter of like, okay, would the same number of people buy it versus if we put it on the Xbox right. like, with the profitability? And
1: to, to clarify my position, if it were available for both the Xbox and for just by itself for the same price point... I'd go for the Xbox.
2: Oh, I would too. Yeah, for sure. I
1: already have it connected to my TV. It's got the ports on it for the USB stuff. It's got wireless. I don't care. I think it's just a
0: way for Activision to make more money. <clears throat> That's... Yeah, I I fully agree with that. And it's the way for Activision to say, well, if the, if the console manufacturers don't like what we're doing, screw them. Screw them.
2: Yeah. Personally, I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily against, you know, companies always trying to make more money, but it's like, I don't know, like Activision, I think, I think we've heard a lot of, I mean, you know, you always hear, what is it, the Activision CEO guy is always coming out sort of saying something that is sort of like very controversial, on you know, most gaming news websites. So, I mean, I think people sort of have like a, a, a bad taste just because they're hearing some of the things that you know, this guy is sometimes saying, and then it's like, oh, well, what the heck are you, you know, they're trying to like look into the intentions behind what he's saying. So, I don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily like something that I would like, I would really like be like, oh, profitability, screw you guys kind of thing. Like, if it was the same price and, you know, I still wanted to play the game, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really look at it as being like... Yeah.
1: I'd be curious about Harmonix's and MTV Games' response to this, and whether or not they agree with it, whether or not they're looking at doing it themselves, or whether or not they're saying, you guys are idiots and we're going to keep doing
0: what we've been doing. It's tough to say. Very tough to say. Time will tell. Now, David, Time will tell T-Mobile, or a well-crafted email. T-Mobile will, may buy Sprint. Yeah,
1: T-Mobile, uh, this is according to the UK Telegraph. Okay. The company that owns T-Mobile, which is Deutsche Telekom, is planning on putting out a bid to buy Sprint. But I thought, is T-Mobile bigger than Sprint? I thought Sprint was no, third. No, Sprint is third, T-Mobile is fourth. Okay. Sprint, however, has been losing money and subscribers pretty rapidly for the last couple months. You know, they were hoping that the Palm Prix would come in and save them, and it hasn't.
0: Well, yeah, those Palm Prix ads were so confusing.
1: Oy. So, uh, T Mobile's looking at buying Sprint for $10.6 billion.
0: That would be really weird because T Mobile is GSM and Sprint is CDMA.
1: CDMA. And there's a lot of talk about which one would end up being supported in the long run. So this is not uh, uh, a definite. That's why there's a question mark on the topic. But it, T-Mobile may be looking to buy Sprint.
0: I, I thought they were also trying to buy Orange. They are trying to buy Orange.
1: <laughs> in fact, they're, they've they announced that they're going to merge with Orange. Oh,
0: man. For those of you
1: who don't know, Orange is France's telecom. Yeah, so you've got... So it would be T-Mobile with Orange and Sprint. So Deutsche Telekom owned, would own probably a fair chunk of the market, the global market, mind you.
0: So a German company is, gonna, is already merging with a French company to create the UK's largest one. And now they want to buy the fourth largest one in the U- U.S., which the is... The third in- largest in the U.S. Third, oh, right, because Verizon and AT&T. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's T-Mobile. Now
1: Andy I know you use T-Mobile Zach, what do you use?
2: I use Verizon.
1: You use Verizon. So you're part yeah. of the the Verizon network.
2: Verizon yep. And do you have I millions like to, of
1: people following you where
2: you go? I do sometimes. Uh, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> no I'm just kidding. They they um you know honestly though lately I've been wanting to really like switch to AT&T just because I want an iPhone. Ooh. I really want an iPhone. It's so cool. Like every time I pick up one, I just I just enjoy playing with it. So I uh,
0: now do you go to the Apple Store every once in a while and just play with the iPhones?
2: Um, actually, yes, I have before. I've gone into the Apple Store just to play with the iPhone. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't do it often. I've done it like maybe once, but I mean, yeah, like I I would love to have an iPhone. But I've heard like through the grapevine, like I've heard there's there's possibility like in the next year or so, like iPhone might go to Verizon too. Right? <sighs> 18.
0: There's always been, Verizon's been wanting to get their hands on the, the iPhone for the longest time. AT&T is going to
1: fight to hold on to it. Personally, I'd hold off until the FCC makes its ruling, because they're investigating AT&T and Apple and pretty much the entire telecom business for fair practice stuff.
2: What, what, what fair practice? What, what, what's uh,
1: and whether or not exclusivity contracts are even valid. I don't know. So I, I'd hold off. Until the FCC makes a ruling one way or the other.
0: Okay, so Sprint Nextel, so you have Sprint Nextel, are actually uh, announced the day to day operations of Sprint <coughs> will actually be turned over to Ericsson, which is owned by Sony. So Sony owns Sprint? I think. God, you know what God damn, inbred telecom business. <laughs> It's all owned by AT&T, isn't it? No, it used to be all owned by AT&T. Now it's you have Verizon and AT&T. If Verizon and AT&T would get together, you would be literally back to Ma Bell after like 30 years of all the breaking up of all the conglomeration, which is so weird. Oh. Ugh. We just need a national phone company. <laughs> but then we'd have Ma Bell all over again. Yeah.
1: Uh, we we competitive. Remember competitive yes.
0: market? Yes.
1: We don't want a, a – and now if we had a national phone company and other choices, that might work.
2: No, I disagree. Do you? Capitalism Capitalism on this one prevails,
1: I think. Well, it, I, Zach, when you send a letter, who do you send it with?
2: I, uh, well – Do you even I, send
1: I a letter? Said,
2: yeah, I know. That's, if you were that's to write first, a letter. That's first wrong part of your question, sir. I will counter that with saying I don't send letters.
1: If you were but to I write, write a letter – <laughs> I will answer it for you. You would send it with the U.S. post office, would you not?
2: Yes, but if All I right. send the package, I usually use U.S. You know. it, yeah, I only send it with the post office US. for pure convenience. Right.
1: It's convenient. Okay, it's cheap and it's convenient.
2: But when I send packages, I use FedEx or UPS.
1: Yes. You use a private company. Right, It, it is a good example of a private company and a, a national company competing.
2: What I'm saying, though, is that if you were to create a national cell phone that you don't think the
1: private companies would stand a chance?
2: Well, no, it's not that. I, no, it's not that they would stand a chance. It's just that I think it's a waste of taxpayer dollars to uh-huh. go invest in like a big cell phone company infrastructure. Yeah, what if it
1: were a, kind of- a national cable company that actually gave us the throughput that we really should have instead of what we do get?
2: I don't know. Maybe someone should create a new cable company that gives you the throughput and see how they do. Yeah, funny in that.
1: So, Zach, I got a good business venture now. <laughs> All right, so what else do
0: we got? We have Mint.com. Which was a pretty neat little uh, website most people didn't hear about. But it was enabled to actually uh, store all the cookies on your computer to basically access all your uh, online accounts in one location. So you could put all your different bank accounts and your credit cards and everything together. So you could actually one page see all of them. That's what Mint is. Um, pretty much. Now they just got bought by Intuit which means they got bought by Quicken. I liked Quicken. Yeah, I liked Quicken too, especially if you're smart enough to get TurboTax. So Quicken is now owning a lot of stuff. Does that mean there's you could have Mint, keep tabs on all your stuff, and then import the data to Quicken, which could import the data to TurboTax? Interesting. Could, I don't know. I'm, but, oh, now I'm not sure though, because it's Quicken. And Quicken is just a little... They They can be evil. Yes.
1: From time to time, Quicken can indeed be evil. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I think on the one hand, though, it, it'll assuade a lot of people from the fear of using Mint. Because right now the big thing holding it back is, oh my god, I have to give this third party my bank account information.
0: Well, the, the bank account information isn't stored on Mint. It's actually stored on your own computer. I okay. looked at this when I but first... But they can still access it. Yes, they could still access it. Right?
1: <laughs> so I'm giving total control of my bank account to a third party.
0: But now you can do that with Quicken quite easily, so... Yeah, so, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Side note, Twitter, Twitter changed their page.
1: Twitter also changed their terms of service. They did? Yes. Uh, you haven't been getting, like, slammed with emails from Twitter? No. Oh, I got, like, three emails from Twitter saying, Hey, we've changed
0: our terms of service. I don't know how you missed those. Well, I have 1,700 and... Oh, I'm sorry, 1,272. Unread
1: emails? Yes. You're kind of crazy. I know. But I'm getting up to that number again very quickly. I'm at 433. This mm-hmm. is after clearing my inbox not too long ago.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I think I've got to beat. You got don't count. Thousand. You're running
1: a 501c3. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: right. does not count. <laughs> okay. I am just curious. What are you at? I'm at about 1400 oh, Damn. All right. A bunch of well, people I need mean, to I send haven't... spam
1: to <laughs> GMQS23. No, no, no. Although, if you guys want to send emails to uh, DPlay at net and QS23 at net, saying that maybe you want to be on the show or you want this or you want that, we might listen to them.
0: That was right, a Andy? horrible plug, Dave. Yeah, well, shush. Right, so Windows... Do you want to do a better job? Hmm? Windows hmm? 7. Hitting our last Windows topic 7. before the random topic.
1: Oh my God, Windows 7. Uh, Windows 7, if you are a student at a college or a college email address, until January 3rd, 2010, you are eligible to buy Windows 7 Home Premium... Mm-hmm for $30. I mean, I could get a legal copy of Windows for under $200. Andy, you could get a legal copy of Windows for under $50. That is crazy. $30 for Windows 7. That is crazy. If you add to that the Microsoft ultimate steal, you can get the ultimate version of Office for $60. Well, I already have that. Yeah, I I got that one too. 91% off. Bitches? I mean, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> So Zach, Yo. you're about to be a student again. Are you going to take advantage of this fantastic deal?
2: I'm going to take advantage of uh, the Microsoft MVP award and just download Windows Seven from TechNet. I see for free, legally. No. that's whoa. right. That's right. I said it. What? How?
1: How? How does this work again?
2: I'm just kidding. I was actually just sort of showboating a little bit. Of this. Okay. No, okay, but basically, all right. So, um, something that has happened, I guess we didn't really talk about it, but um, Microsoft has this program or some award program. I'm not; uh, those terms, I guess, are sort of interchangeable. But they have this award they give out called the MVP award, and it's this award they give to people that are like really involved with like communities, um, uh, like te- technology communities. Like they have the award for all the different Microsoft products. So there are like Zoom MVPs, there are uh, you know, Windows MVPs. Basically, like let's say, um. All right, Dave, let's say like you are a huge fan of the Zoom. Mm-hmm. and let's say you created like a blog that was dedicated to Zoom and that over a period of time, you just had a bunch of people like visiting your website and you had like some type of help forum and you were just like completely like, oh my gosh, I love the Zoom. You're like a total like Zune fanboy. Um, yeah, you know, getting
1: Dave, it tattooed on my arm.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, but basically, like, let's say that you know, Microsoft didn't pay you or anything. It's just something you did because you're passionate about the uh, Zune. Well, maybe Microsoft might come along sometimes and say, "Hey, uh, you know, we noticed you get you're you're very passionate about the Zune. We want to recognize you through that." uh, for that through this program we have called the MVP award. And basically it's uh, their way of sort of just saying, Hey, thanks for, you know, helping people out, being involved with our community. Um, and basically you start, you through the MVP award, you have direct contact with Microsoft at all times. Uh, so the way this applies to what I'm talking about is I'm actually like an Xbox MVP. Um, and I got this oh, <laughs> like my my situation is a little unique though, like a lot of the the xbox mVPs that exist out there are people that run like some pretty big Xbox websites like uh Godfrey is one of the Xbox mVPs he does like gamer tag radio mm-hmm. um avid X Dave, you know avidex he was at the yeah yeah the 360 actually stop. saw
1: him at Texasxas here.
2: Yeah, he was out there. So I AvidX access. he's actually the one who nominated me for this this award. Um, but I, I do Gamers Outreach, which, you know, we're not necessarily like strictly Xbox, but we just have to use it pretty frequently um, in a lot of the things that we do. Because um, we all play it as the best system out there. So anyway, yeah, that Microsoft kind of came along. They're like, oh yeah, we see this cherry thing you do. It's really cool. you do part of this program? And one of the benefits of being this part of this program is you have access to uh, what's called like TechNet, which is like this big sort of online library that has like everything Microsoft. Like it's... You can download everything. Like if you have a subscription to TechNet, which I think is normally pretty expensive. I don't really know, but um, it's like this. Literally, you can like download like um, like source code and um, just a bunch of the different Microsoft products that that exist out there. So Windows is up there as as, as being one. And also the Microsoft Employee Store. Like we, we you, the MVPs usually have access to the Employee Store, so we can get like Windows with cheap. Yeah, for,
1: for pretty cheap. You bastard.
2: So I had to say that because I wanted to rub it in that yeah uh, yeah you'll that's pay fine. thirty dollars you know I just wanted to let you know that uh I'll be enjoying my free copy of
0: Wednesday. yep 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 oh that was funny bastard
2: Ooh, <laughs> I, I just wanted to make Dave jealous I'm sorry that's
0: okay that's Good. that's no problem for, for all Andy all. that is a worthy goal <laughs> yes <laughs> that is a very worthy goal all right it's time for the <laughs> random topic. I don't know okay. why I actually raised my hands above my head kind of like a
1: on like a roller coaster like
2: wee
0: No, not like a roller coaster, kind of like a, these are the 15 commandments. <laughs> these are the 10 commandments. There you go. Right. Um random topic, I rolled ahead of time. It was number 2. Number so the box. random topic is board games. What do you like, hate and want? Board games. What do you like, hate or want? Yes. I
1: like most board games. I do not like the board games, now that I think about it, that are are predetermined. That are predetermined? Candyland, for instance. Once you have shuffled the deck, right? You're you're supposed to draw off the top of the pile, and that's your turn. You go to that color. Well, the whole game is determined by the order of those cards. Dave, Candyland is for, like, two-year-olds. Yes, that didn't stop us from playing it at the corner brewery.
2: Yeah, it's funny that never occurred to me. Like well, in the years when I was young and played Candyland, I never actually realized it's
1: predetermined. It
2: predetermined. but then I, you know, I haven't thought about it since I was like five. So like, I always
1: two. loved
0: um, Clue. Clue was always a great board game.
1: Yeah, but you and your siblings played it obsessively to the point where, like, you you know the exact right move to take at any given time.
0: That and it's always fun at the end of the game to literally tell people what cards they had in their hand. <laughs> wow. Where you go, oh yeah, you had this card and this card, and you had this card and this card and this card. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I really, I really liked uh, Risk. Oh, Risk is fun. Have you played the new version? Uh, oh, I bought. I actually just bought my Risk recently, so, so it may it was, be. The,
1: does yours have the the objectives and the rewards, things like yes. the attack? That, yeah, yeah.
2: I have. You can play like the objective-based game. Yeah, it's like a separate. Yeah, I do have that one. I haven't. I haven't actually played the objective one though. Diplomacy. No, I think I have played. It before, I like playing the regular version. God, diplomacy.
1: Oh, I hate Andy, that I I have a game for you. Uh, if, well, I know diplomacy is up your alley because we used to play it all the time. There's a game called Twilight Imperium. There's no real diplomacy phase, but it takes as long as a diplomacy game. Oh man, you get it is just that big a board game.
0: It is huge. I also love the the, the what was the the game with the with the cards that made that you drew like you literally thousand drew- blank white cards. Yes, is that, that really was a fun- board game or is that more of a card game? Well,
1: it, it depends where you draw the definition of board game. It's a tabletop game. Does that count? I'm not sure. Catan is a pretty fun game. I still need to get that for the Xbox Live. Yes, you do. Because <sighs> then you and I can play. Zach, you should get it too. Catan? Yeah, Settlers of Catan. It's on Xbox Live.
2: Is that the uh, one with like the samurai picture and stuff? Like there's like a uh, on the background, and then there's a uh, mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of different warriors or something. No, I, I don't yeah. think
1: so. That might be might be Carcassonne, but I don't think so.
2: Never mind. I, I, uh, I heard the name though. I, I, Catan
1: I the name. is the one where you trade resources sheep for wood for brick for stone stuff like that
2: no, no, i haven't i haven't played it it's
1: more fun than it sounds
2: <laughs> i'll take your word for it well i guess we'll have to download it and i'll, I'll uh yeah how, how many microsoft points is it uh
1: probably 800 800? maybe a little more
2: there is there a demo on the online?
1: oh yeah yes there is there is a demo
2: i'll download the demo then today
1: go download the demo it's a fun game it's really fun to actually play it at a table with other people. But then
0: there's something to say about Xbox Live, then. That...
1: Yeah. All right. Well, the difficulty is you can't cheat on Xbox Live. Wait, what? Never mind.
0: Goodbye. Remind me not to play with you in person. <laughs> I don't cheat. Dave, how many times have we talked about you trying to find loopholes and things? Alright, oh, hey, I exploit, I don't cheat. Exploit and cheat are like two
1: of the same exact things. They are very much not. They are two. Exploiting is taking advantage of the rules. Cheating is just breaking them. Both
0: are playing the game outside of its standard set. You know what's also a really good board game? Twixt. Is Twixt? Yes. Yes, that was a fun game. That was a really fun board game. <clears throat> All right. right. How are we doing? Um, We're good.
1: We're good? We're definitely good. Zach, you want to give uh, one last plug?
2: In about two months, go to gamersaverage.org <laughs> because our new website will be up. No, actually, it'll be probably be out much sooner than that. But seriously, uh, we're making a splash page right now, so you're gonna be able to see like the new color scheme relatively soon. Ooh, and, um, color scheme. I will. I will say actually this. Let me, I can say this. If you go to penflare.com, p-e-n-f-l-a-r-e, um, that's Sean, and he's the guy who's designing our new site. Um, his 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 portfolio is a little outdated. He doesn't have a lot of his latest logos up there. But um, actually, if you go to twittercom penflare, he. Already Posts like some of his new stuff. Um, he is a phenomenal graphic artist. Like some of the logos he's made are amazing. Like he is really, really good. And he's basically donated all of his time and efforts to making this new website for us. Um, nice. So it's, it's it's really helping us out. Um, go to penflare.com, and check him out. Um, if you have any like type of graphic art needs or whatever, definitely someone to look into. He's he's really good. Like he's never made something that I didn't like so far. So um, he's we'll making to, site, uh, and yeah, check it out. It. Yeah, in a few weeks we'll have the splash page up. Actually, probably a few days, maybe even so, if we're lucky. So
0: cool. Well, thanks again, Zach, for uh, taking an hour out of your busy, busy, busy schedule.
2: Hey, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Anything uh, for the random access podcast.
1: Yeah, and uh, maybe we'll have you on in another two and a half years.
2: I'll see you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Hey, uh, is you guys is gamers 100%. forgiving going on again this March? February, uh, March.
2: We the it's going to be a little different. Uh, okay. Uh, it probably I'll tell you about it. We're gonna when the new site comes out. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some uh, some news news postings about it. I'll talk All to right. you about it after after the show. Sounds good. All right. Well, I
0: guess uh, Dave, I'll see you uh, next week. Okay.
2: That's uh, it's
0: the best editing I can think of. Yeah. All right, we're done. <laughs> All right.